Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington, D.C. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yasson, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 26 of Move the District. 26, that is half a year's worth of episodes. We got six months down and uh, another six more to go. Today, I got a great episode for all you listening, wherever that may be. Uh, She is a licensed massage therapist and health coach. She's also the owner and founder of High Key Balance, where they offer massage therapy, personal training, and health coaching right over here in Alexandria, Virginia. Please welcome to the show, Serki Abdi. Serki, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is my first podcast, so I'm excited. <laughs> first <laughs> podcast is always, for me, I felt like it was a big uh, shock because I forgot how much I hated the sound of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know you hear yourself talk every day and you're like that's not so bad and then you hear a recording of yourself and you're like oh god that's that what I really sound like and I mean maybe I mean you have a nice voice so I'm sure it won't be too bad but for me at least I uh every time and, and you know 26 episodes in here and uh every time I hear the recording with it when it comes out uh I'm like oh god that's me it's gotten like a little bit easier. You sound good. You sound good. Awesome. <laughs> it's gotten a little bit easier, but uh, but yeah, there's always like that awkwardness of like, is that what I really sound like? <laughs> but uh, but no, it's uh, it's not too bad, and uh, I'm excited to uh, dig down here a little bit with you. So uh, so you've been in the healthcare uh, world now for how many years? Um. So actually, I started. I went to Mason, George Mason from undergrad. Okay. So I've always kind of been uh, since, so I finished 2009. Mm-hmm. So I've been in the, I guess, in the fitness health uh, world since then. So now were you like an exercise science major in undergrad? I was, like that? yeah. Okay, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah, I was as well. I went to the University of Scranton uh, up in Pennsylvania, home, home of the office for mm-hmm. uh, anyone who might think Scranton sounds familiar. Uh, (laughs) and so and then so so was it something you know previously before you went to school that like kind of motivated you to go down this track or was that you know something that you discovered while you were at school um so initially uh what i uh wanted to be was a physical therapist ah okay yeah so um after graduating from college um i worked at a pt as an aide and a front desk um, for two years. And then I enrolled in a PT school in Philly. Oh, wow. Okay. I went to Thomas Jefferson there, but it didn't work out for me. So my second year, um, uh, 
about to go to my second clinical for my practical, I, I failed because I didn't take the blood pressure. Oh, God. So they failed me. So I tried to appeal it. And then there was a lot happening personally. Like my dad was sick. He, was, mm. he lived back home in Ethiopia. There was a lot of personal stuff happening. So on top of that, I kind of like was, you know, it was, I was pissed. Um, <laughs> I would have been. Yeah, and then they, I, I appealed it. I went through the process, but the people on board, the appealing board, they don't know anything about PT or like, but they made them believe that taking the blood pressure was like a common thing, even an outpatient. Like it was a very common thing. It was, I was supposed to do it. Uh, so they believed it. And so the appeal didn't go through. Oh, God. It was after yeah, that, I've... I came back home and I had to okay. like readjust my entire I, I I've heard horror stories about practicals i mean I, I was lucky enough to to get through my practicals but i i shit you not i was like when you would go into those those practicals especially like as a first year or second year student yeah. you were so nervous yeah like it was such a nerve-wracking <laughs> experience and like you know I, I don't know how it was for you at school but like it was usually like a friend or somebody as like your patient you yep. know your quote-unquote patient yep. and like you were still just you know excuse yeah. my language, shitting a brick. Exactly. And, 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 you know, you're just like, you're like, what, what, like, like, you, you know, everything. And then like, it's so easy to forget, like something like doing a blood pressure. I mean, I've had other people tell me stories about how, like, you know, they're the patient they were working with, you know, quote unquote patient, you yeah. know, like did something crazy where they threw their walker down the stairs and like made a scene like totally unnecessary and then forced wow. them to fail. And it's like, Oh God. So, yeah. so yeah, you're definitely, uh, not alone in that, but, um, <laughs> but so, so you came back home and, yeah. and then how did you find your way towards massage therapy? So when I came back home, I had to literally, I knew if I like, uh, went into like depressive mode, like I would set myself back. So I basically was just like, I gave myself two months of like not doing anything, but just like trying to figure things out. Like go yeah. online and see like what's out there and stuff like that. And so somehow I fell into massage like online. And then I saw that it was like only six months or seven months program. And I already know from PT school what I know. So I knew that it wasn't like something out and out of my like uh, scope. Right. So um, then I, I just I applied and went to the massage school. But I went into it to to until I figured things out, I'll just do, you know, I'll just go to the school and see what happens. So I didn't go into it like, oh, I'm going to be a massage therapist and I'm going to have my own, uh, you know, company and all that stuff. I didn't go into it that way. At what, like at, what placeholder. at what point did you realize that it was going to be your career? So I, once I started, I think towards the end of the school, because we did a lot of practical, like we would have actually clients come in um and did you and take I, blood pressure did you have to take their blood pressure no <laughs> no goddamn blood, no pressure. blood pressure but um i think it was then because I, I would have people request me like when they come in you know they they when uh someone when the clients come they pay like 20 30 dollars but mm. that's how we would practice that's great um, so a lot of people come the, uh for massage and i started getting requests you know, the same kind of, the same people would come and request for me and actually like help them. Um, and I saw a change and, and it just felt good, like to be able to, that's what I would have done with PT. So yeah. it, 
the the end goal the method is different or the I guess the field is a little different but like my goals was always to like help people um, yeah that's awesome healing and recovery and stuff like that so that's when I knew I was like oh I could definitely but I knew I was not gonna go to spa <laughs> okay that. all right um, all right so that's how I went into the chiropractor um, kind of uh, things like more medical more chiropractor uh, so that was my first job. Now, did you have a like sports background growing up? So I played uh, sports in high school. Okay. Um, I wasn't like the best, but I kind of like I enjoyed it. So I, I played like basketball, soccer and things like that when I was in high school. So you knew you always want to work in that side of things. Yes. Yes. Like with PT, what I wanted was um, work with athletes. Uh, I love the human body. So I love studying it. So I was like, that's how I fell into PT was, you know, learning more about the human body, the recovery, um, sport was, you know, that those are the things that made me fall in love even with PT. Um, right. So that's exactly it, what I'm doing right now. Though. It, that's, that's, that's freaking awesome. I love it. Uh, you know, you're able to do exactly what you, you wanted to do. And that was like, for, for me, I always was the same way. I played sports growing up and always wanted to work on the sports side of things. Yeah. And, you know, physical therapy, as you know, is pretty diverse. You can be in a nursing home, you could be yep. in a hospital, you could be doing sports medicine. Yep. Uh, but for me, I was like, I'm always going to be working with athletes, always going to be working with athletes. That's what I want. And you go to PT school and they're like, well, I don't know. Maybe you won't. There's not many that will. Exactly. And like, just wait till you have your first uh, rotation in a, in a nursing home and you're going to fall in love with the, the old people and how sweet yeah. they are. I'm like, that may be so, but that's not where I'm going to be. And like, exactly. I did my, you know, rotations in, you know, in a hospital, I did it in an ICU, which was, which was cool. Yeah. And, and I did one in a nursing facility and it was cool, but yeah. like the like monotony of it, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like uh, getting to work in this environment challenges me a little bit more and I get to use a little bit more of those critical thinking skills versus yeah. like, all right, now we're going to stand up. Yeah. Now we're going to sit down. Stand. Now we're going to stand. Now we're going to sit. And like, I, I, I know there's a whole lot more that goes into it than that. But yeah. I personally felt like I was challenged more in the, outpatient. you know, in that outpatient mm -hmm. sports medicine world. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that's kind of the same same for you. It's just like, that's kind of what, you know, pulled us to that, uh, you know, that field, which is, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, now when you finished with massage therapy school, mm -hmm. you went to chiropractor's office at here in the, the DMV area. Yes. In Arlington by, by Pen Crystal city. Okay. Yeah. And so, so you've been in this area your whole life. Were you born and raised here? No, I was born in Ethiopia, but I came here in middle school. Gotcha. Um, okay. So like seventh grade. Yep. So I came to America and then, um, yeah, I went to high school. Then I went to college. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so this was always, this has always been home for you. Yes. Okay. And then, so you, you were at the chiropractor's office. Now take me through the uh, transition here to the founding of high key balance. So at the chiropractor, so it was his own practice. So I knew even, you know, with PT, remember my goal was, uh, become a PT, work with athletes, and also open my own uh, clinic. And because I'm from Ethiopia, there's not a lot of PT rehab back home. So it was something I wanted to bring there. Oh, so awesome. when I worked for the chiropractor, um, you know, I learned a lot from him because he that was his own business. So I saw the business side of things. And then he also had um, like almost PT work in there. 
um, um, nutrition, so like more health coaching in there. So everything that I wanted to do, he actually had it in his clinic. So I was able to like ask questions, learn from him. And then the more I was doing it, I was like, oh, you know what? I could really do this on my own. So um, I started getting my own clients on the side. So with massage and uh, once that was kind of picking up for me, I started looking for um, a, a space to rent. So then once I found the place I am in right now, I kind of like transitioned um, from like doing massage for him. I did more health coaching. And so I was kind of like pulling back a little bit. And then once my business was kind of like picking up, you know, then I was, I parted ways. And then I started my, my own uh, company. Now, were you always entrepreneurial? I think I get it probably from my parents. Like my dad back home, he was a doctor. So he had his own clinic. So growing mm -hmm. up, that's what I, you know, that I was open to that. Right. And then my mom is also a very like business oriented. She lives here, but she runs business back home. So I think growing up is just, that's what I, that's what I saw. And that's what I wanted, right. no matter like where I ended up. So yeah, I was exposed to it at an early age. Nice. Yeah. I think for, for me, I, I saw like, uh, I went to physical therapy at a, at a young age. I think I was 14, maybe the first time I went. And, and that was kind of when I realized I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player yeah. and I needed something else to do with my life. And I was like, yeah. I like my physical therapist. I like how he has this like business. And then it like, just kind of all clicked for me. And it was like, yeah. you know, like from there, I was like, all right, if I'm going to be a physical therapist. I'm going to have my own business. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to be a physical therapist. Yeah. And then for me, it was like within two years, I was like, okay, all right, what's, what's the next movie? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. and, and so when did you go from massage therapist to personal trainer, health coach, all these other hats that you started to wear? So when I was in the massage program, um, one of my clients, the client that I would see told me about a health coach program. She was like, you would be really like a good fit. Like you, so basically I checked it out. It's, it's called IIN, it's uh, online health coaching program. Mm -hmm. And so that actually helped me personally. Like it really, like I, I transformed just from that program. So um, that's how, how I got into the health coaching uh, part. The personal training part is from actually PT and my exercise science background. Um, and when I worked for the chiropractor, I did a little bit of like uh, PT aid work. So um, that's where my, I guess my background, my education came from. And so when I came up with health coach, I mean, with a uh, high key balance, I really didn't want it to be just serving one thing, like just providing massage. I kind of wanted to cover all like mind, body, soul type of thing. So um, I figured the massage, the health coaching and the personal training kind of fit together. Um, so now, uh, you know, I was, I kind of pulled back and just started providing only massage because it was, it was a lot to run a business right. and do everything, you know? So um, I think my second year or third year, I kind of like just focused on the massage part and uh, started getting contracts. And, and so my schedule was too busy to, for me to do everything. Uh, but I have a couple of people on my site um, that I kind of, uh, they do personal training, health coaching. So they kind of, I, I give my clients to them um, to uh, still get that service from my right. site, you know. So now did you, you, so when you started, you were offering all these services. Mm-hmm. And then 
what it became too much it became too much yeah because um again i mean my my ultimate my priority was to work with athletes so when that was like opening up for me then i was like okay then i i needed to just like slow down on the other areas and just focus on the massage part and so because i was working from my office and then i would have to go to like georgetown and work there and then i would have to go to washington ballet and work there so like i'm like driving everywhere and and then i'm you know my whole thing about health uh i mean uh high key balance is like to have more balanced lifestyle ah. i i didn't feel comfortable me myself not being balanced and then preaching that to to my clients it, it's funny how that happens uh yeah. on on our side of things where we are constantly preaching this this yeah. lifestyle and i mean i feel like a lot of uh a lot of providers don't necessarily live that lifestyle you know and and, and myself hand up you know i'm i am i know i'm guilty from time to time as well but uh that's a it's a tricky thing to manage your like that work life balance where you're you're doing all these things you're wearing all these different hats you're you're running you know you're running a business on top of like providing these services and it just becomes comes too much to handle. So yeah. so at what point did that all like click and you're like, hold on a second, I need to start prioritizing myself. Yeah, that was like year two, year three. So like, especially last year, it was, um, yeah, I think last year was the, the busiest I got. And I was like, oh, I am like driving myself crazy. And, and I just didn't feel right because even, especially with massage, it's such a personal uh, kind of work. Absolutely. I want to be there for the client a hundred percent. So the minute I realized like I was not a hundred percent there, even though I do a good job of providing the service, but I knew down deep, like it didn't really match up. I wanted to give that person a hundred percent of my effort and my time. So when that was kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, when I knew that wasn't right, it was, I wasn't giving a hundred percent is when I was like, I'm just going to leave the rest, focus on the massage and then go from there. And then, so, so you're like, I'm going to focus on the massage. And now have you reintroduced the other options now? Or I have, I are haven't. you still, no, you're I still... Uh, on my website? I have a, a, tra- a trainer, a health coach and a massage therapist. Um, Delegate. That they could, yeah, they could take care um, if I get requests. But yeah. yeah, I haven't went back to health coaching or training. Um, do, do you think you ever will? Um, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm working on a project right now, but I want to scale up, you know, I want to have a bigger space and have more people. Yeah. So I think I'm more interested in, um, I want, I want like 10 of me, you know, and be able to like provide the same quality to, to my clients. Um, so I'm more interested in how can I scale up? How can I reach more people? And how can I have 10 of me? Right. That's, that's what <laughs> yeah, I've realized is, is like, yeah, I can provide services for, I don't know, 30 people a week. Right. Yeah. But if I scale down and then hire 10 of me, yeah. then I can provide services for 300 people a week. Exactly. And, and that's, I think how we ultimately can like affect change. We have these higher level providers who take a step back and realize, Hey, we can, you know, make a larger change by, uh, you know, training 10, uh, 10 of us. Yes. And, and that way, you know, I think we start to move the needle forward with, you know, healthcare. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think, I think that's great. And then, it, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you start to like realize the things that you're truly passionate about and like yeah. what, you, and that's the fun thing about owning a business is like, what do you like to do? 
Yeah. And like, you're the boss, so you get to decide. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's, it's the hardest thing, but it's so worth it because I could be creative. I could try something like nobody's telling me don't do this or don't, don't do that. You know, like I could be as creative as I can and, uh, as, you know, be able to provide the best quality to my, you know, for my clients. Uh, right. I, I love it. It's a lot of work. It's not for everybody, though. It's not no. for everybody. No, 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 no. What's your favorite part of being a business owner? Um, there's so many parts to it. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's the growth. It's like, it's the change. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, my clients are my number one supporters. Like they ask me, Oh, how, you know, they ask me how I'm doing in business or like try to refer me clients. Or if I say, you know, whatever I reply back to them, they try to give me a feedback of like, um, oh, you should do this for your tax or you should do this. Like they give me a feedback uh, depending on what area expertise they are. Um, So I think the the best part about owning a business is being able to see your growth, Mm -hmm. not only in numbers, but like even as a person and just uh, the company itself. How oh, yeah. like a year ago or two years ago, um, you know, I am different. The company's different, and it's, it's just the growth is probably the most beautiful part of it. Yeah, I think that's the that's the nice thing about owning your business is that the growth is is really unlimited. Yeah, you know, like like if you worked at a a clinic or you know you worked at another practice, like you know you're capped at whatever that business does. Yeah, but when you're the owner. You, you, you get to choose the ceiling and it's, you know, yeah. it's nice to have, you know, employees that you can bring with you, but you know, ultimately for yourself, you, you get to choose, you know, where the ceiling is, you know, you could have to be, you could be happy with, you know, just being a, you know, a single, a solo provider with your lifestyle practice. And that's great. Yeah. Or you could be happy having employees. You'd be happy having two locations, whatever it might be. Uh, that's, that's the nice thing is that you get to, you know, scale it to the, uh, the amount that you want to. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, also I think like for me, time freedom is such a great thing, yeah. right. To, yeah. to like, you know, be able to choose your schedule and, uh, and then also like, you know, I mean, now that you have employees, you know, the, the business makes money and you don't have to be there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can be doing so many other things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like, cause the other thing I want to do is also, um, I just started a nonprofit. So like, I want to be able not, you know, physically not be at my job. Um, it's hard to do that when you're doing massage cause you have to physically oh, yeah. get full, you know, full time. So <laughs> it's, it's nice to, you know, have a business, be able to grow and also the, you know, the freedom to use your time as, as you please. Yeah, that's what that's like one of the areas I'm like kind of envious of like my friends who like sit at a desk all day is that they can like not be present at work. Yeah. They can work and not be present. Whereas like we are like constantly like locked in for like an hour at a time. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, sometimes you'll have like a few sessions in a row and then you like come up for air. Like afterwards, yeah. you're like, <sighs> you're like take a deep breath and like breathe and like just like deep like, to like plug yourself in like a, like a computer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, it's so, so funny sometimes like uh my friends would ask me like oh like um did you go to did you go to work and then i would tell them yeah i work you know i went in like at two let's say right and then um they're like oh that's so nice you're able to go into work at two but like you know if i work from two to five that's like 
it's like me you it's like working nine to five really there's no yeah exactly well, there's no like it's a hundred percent when you're at work like you said at a desk i mean it could be you just use one hour to work and then the other hours you know you could I, just i've like back. recently cut back my like treatment hours a little bit and and i start to like you know i focus a little bit more on, on business related stuff and i'll sit at my desk and i'll you know be doing stuff but then i'll yeah dip over to Instagram or Twitter or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, so this is, this is what it's like. This is how you like lose track of time during the workday and like, or like productivity or like, this is why like big companies ban these websites, you know, yeah. on their, on their uh, computers. And I'm like, it all makes sense now. That's right. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, you mentioned with the, you know, all your, your, your uh, clients and you know, one thing I saw on social media is you have a, a legion, a legion of fans. What, what went into developing that? Um, that doesn't happen overnight. No, no. My clientele or my, my Instagram. You're, no, you're, you're the people, your clientele who are, you know, so supportive of you. Like you were just saying. Yeah. Honestly, like I, 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 I could only say I'm blessed. Like there's nothing I did extra to earn that, but uh, it's all up to God. But, um, I think what I would say is for my, I take my job real serious. So every client that comes in, I treat them as if like they're a family member. Like the questions I ask, um, just the interaction that we have, honestly, they're able to open up to me. And that's really important, especially in massage, because the more comfortable the client is, the easier the job is. So honesty is just like being open, asking the right questions, being welcoming, uh, so that I could gain their trust and then really uh, have an effective treatment. So, um, so there's nothing extra I did honestly to gain their support, and I I cannot explain that to you. I don't know. But I, think, I mean, I think I, I think you just did. Uh, you know, if you have a, a quality product that you know you're you know com- you know completely you know you know dedicating your yourself to you know for sixty minutes. Yeah. And, and, you know, your clients see that. I think that that's, that's what it is. It's like, you know, quality service. Like, yes. you know, if, if people walk out of there feeling great and then they have a great day or whatever, you know, people are going to, you know, spread the love, spread the word. And, and I think yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, proof in the pudding right there. Yeah. And shout out to all my clients. <laughs> shout out to all the clients, every single one. <laughs> um, and then now, so you also get to work with some pretty cool people. Yeah. So, so you, I, I saw Georgetown basketball. I saw Washington ballet. Uh, yeah. Is there any, are there any other groups? Um, uh, sport teams, some sport teams, um, like the uh, Washington football team um, and some other co- um, college or um, other NFL players that would come into town. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. Now, now how, how did that, these, higher level contracts, you know, how did they happen? Cause, cause that's, you know, that's like, I think a lot of people who go to massage school, who go to PT school, go to athletic training school, that's like the dream, right? Like yeah. how do I get to work with these, these, these types of people? So yeah. how, how did that, how did that come to be? Um, so it, it happened like my second year. Um, so once I got into this office, um, the, um, the the lady that I was renting uh, that I'm renting the place from, uh, she's a, also a massage therapist. And uh, way back uh, when she was younger, for ten years she traveled with professional teams, so she has connection uh, in the D- DMV area. 
Gotcha. Um, so someone reached out to her from Georgetown and asking her if she still practices and, but she doesn't travel. She just stays in the office and does it. So she knows about, cause I, she's almost like my mentor. So she knows that I been looking for like to work with athletes. So she connected me with, um, uh, a lady in Georgetown to, because, uh, Patrick Ewing was looking for a massage therapist. Oh, wow. So then, um, then I, I spoke to the athletic trainer. Um, like they didn't, they, they, they only knew about me through, um, Anne, um, who referred me. So that's how it started. Honestly, it was with Patrick Ewan. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, and that, so you work with the whole team now, right? Yeah. So, uh, for like two years, I only worked for, with him. Um, and then, uh, the once Georgetown was looking for a massage therapist, then Patrick Ewing and that athletic trainer, uh, you know, asked me, Hey, do you want to do this? And I said, yes. <laughs> now, is that a like a contract you have with the university is that how that works with the team yes okay nice so what what goes into working with these high level um you know high level guys like like georgetown basketball yeah so uh we just worked out uh, a schedule like before covid i was more regular but mm-hmm. now it's like um they just i think went back to practice so it's uh it all depends on uh the timing but uh, they just, you know, they tell me come every two weeks or whenever they need me. So mm-hmm. I literally go there with nothing. They provide everything for me. Um, all the treatment stuff is there. So I go in there. So when I go there, um, either they do the entire team or it's a selective group. So maybe 12 players. So with that, I bring another massage therapist with me. I was going to say. Uh, that's a lot of massage um, to give. So I bring another massage therapist with me to help me out. Um, so it depends, like a 15, a 15 minute or up to an hour uh, treatment, depending on the player and what uh, issues he has. Awesome. So it's, it's all. So, and so how does, uh, you know, working with a Georgetown basketball player compare to working with, you know, the average person who might come into your office. What, uh, like, is there, is there anything different? Is there any, you know, anything in particular you have to work on? So my clientele, even if they're not professional, they're really athletes. So they work out, uh, five to six to seven times a week. Some of them work out two to three times a week. So on a regular for me, my clientele, my clientele, 90% of them are, um, athletes. So, there's not much difference, honestly, right. uh, with the massage side, um, because they work out a lot. They need recovery type of massage. So there's not a huge difference um, with working with a non-professional or professional athletes on that level. Um, the only difference I would say is that uh, the professional a player may have more teams uh, or more like, you know, they have a chiropractor, they have athletic trainer. So they have a whole team helping them with their recovery yep. versus like the athlete that comes to my office. They may have a PT or they may have a chiropractor and then they come to me. Um, so they probably do it once, you know, uh, basically they don't have a lot of people helping them recover versus the professional ones. They have more people on their team yep. helping them recover. And when I, because before I was here in DC as a physical therapist, I spent some time working in the the Yankees organization as well as San Francisco Giants organization. 
And I was always, I, one of my favorite things about that was the communication between the team members, you know, between physical therapist, strength coach, the MD, the, you know, you, you know, all those, all the, everybody was, yeah. was working together. What's that like for you uh, in terms of, you know, communicating with, you know, maybe not just at Georgetown, but also um, with like the Washington football team, how do you, how do you coordinate yeah. with uh, the other providers? Um, so like with the ballet, I actually, there's a physical therapist that heads this department and then it's me. Um, so me and her, like, I, I'm the type of person, like, um, I, I, I will take orders, like, or I will be, I don't want to step on someone's like toe. So especially with PT and chiropractor, I think it's a great fit with massage. So um, I found it so far, I had no issue, but I found it that it's actually easier. It's, it actually makes my job easier. If like, let's say if my client or if that professional athlete sees a PT and I ask them, what did the PT do? So if I have a more understanding of what the physical therapist did with that person, then it makes my job easier. So if, let's say the PT focus more upper body and that's already, you know, well recovered, then I'm able to focus on a lower body. Yeah. So I think going into it because of my PT background, I'm very open to like coordinating my work with uh, someone else's work. Um, and so, yeah, so far it's like, it's, um, I've had, cause it could be a little, it could be a little challenging when someone is like, I'm a PT and I know more than you. Oh so yeah. You know, there's that too. There's that ego with, side of it. Absolutely. Massage and a PT, like the PTs always, um, uh, it could be where they're more knowledgeable and they're more experienced. So they kind of could push you down a little bit, but I never really, um, uh, experienced that. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think that's one of those things, especially when you get into a, like a, a sports type setting like that, where like ego becomes a factor yeah. with, with, you know, within the, the, the providing team yeah. that, you know, you have the, the trainer, you have the PT, you have the strength coach and like everyone kind of brings their own thing to the table. Right. And, and I think, um, you know, with like, with that, like, I think everyone like knows their role, their cl clearly defined role and like communicates, then I think, you know, ultimately that's, that's the, the success. Cause I think sometimes Perfect. people, yeah. get into that side of things for the wrong reason. Cause they're like, I want to work with athletes because I, you know, I'm a failed athlete and I, I couldn't make it. So this is the next best thing. <laughs> and, and you know, that way, you know, then, cause then it becomes like, well, look at me, look how great of a physical therapist or massage therapist I am. Yeah. And, uh, and I think uh, when everyone has their clearly defined role, you yeah. know, and, and that, that, that's the thing. I mean, that's what went into me creating big league was, you know, everyone getting that big league style of treatment. That yeah. was, that was it. Cause I mean, like yeah. you think about like what the average person gets, you know, for healthcare with lower back pain, you know, like they go to their GP, then they get sent to their orthopedist. Mm -hmm. Then they get sent for an MRI. Then they have to go back to the orthopedist. Then the orthopedist is like, all right, you need physical therapy, you know, or, and it's this whole big cycle. Or, I mean, they could just come off the street and see someone like one of us. Yeah. And, you know, get treated and, and get that taken care of. And then, you know, it could be like, all right, like I'm, I know that so-and-so needs to get their back stronger, but they could also benefit from some more hands-on therapy. So it's like, oh, go see a massage therapist, or yeah. maybe they need an adjustment, go see a chiropractor, you know, or, you know, in this way, it's like this 
interdisciplinary area, or, you know, maybe they're not getting better and they need to go see an MD and get an MRI. Exactly. And, and that way, you know, there's this, this whole teamwork of people that are helping, that are helping that individual out versus just one person relying on, you know, uh, you know, one person, one person relying on one person yeah. versus a team. And I think that's how, you know, we start to move that, like I keep saying, move the needle forward with healthcare versus, you know, where, where exactly. we're at today. And that's what I tell my clients too, because um, the common question is like, oh, how is it working with athletes and things like that? And they think that uh, you have to, you either have to be a professional or uh, this celebrity in order to afford or even uh, invest yourself in, in getting the best quality, like recovery, a body. Right. Yeah. So that's what I preach to them is that it's not only me, like if I don't know something or I'm, I'm, I'm helping a client and I don't know something and I will tell them, go to a PT and get that checked out, go to a chiropractor and get that checked out. So I love working. Actually, I have a couple of clients that actually have a whole team. Like they see me, they see a PT and a chiropractor. So, yeah. and we're able, the, the practitioners are able to work off of each other and communicate. So I feel like that's the best way, like the best quality, the most effective way to go about it is to have this team work. Like you could afford it. Like, yes. Yeah. Know, I, I, it's it's one it. of those things, you know, I, I always tell people now it's, you know, uh, you get one body. Like, yeah, exactly. you know, that's it. You know, that's health, it. health is the new wealth. I think for years as a society, we've always focused on get, you know, chasing the dollar, you know, getting the nice car, getting the nice house, house, but at what cost, yes. you know? Yes. And, and I think right now, I think, you know, you're starting to see it with, with this generation, uh, a re refocusing on, on health, uh, on mental, you know, uh, mental health, you know, whether it's, you know, with, with, you know, nutrition, whether it's with, you know, uh, 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 alcohol-free beer, meditation, um, you know, and, and as well as recovery. I think, you know, we're both in a position here to offer, you know, something unique where, um, you know, ultimately, you know, like I said, you get one, uh, you get one body yeah. and, you know, you don't want the, you know, think about it, you wouldn't put the cheapest tires in your car, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't put the cheapest tires in your car. So why would you want the cheapest option for your healthcare? Exactly. Because you only get one body. Exactly. So you might as well use it wisely. Yeah. And the thing is the body, like if you don't take care of it now, you will pay even more and, you know, have less quality of life later on. So either you do it now or you do it later. There you know? was a, there's a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. says you can either wear out or you can rust out. <laughs> and, and I say that, I, I say that all the time. I was like, I want to wear out, you know, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to rust out. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's like, do you want to be the 80 year old person who, you know, is get pushed around in a wheelchair or do you want to be the 80 year old person who's picking up the grandbaby? That's like, right. like, you know, like which, which one do you want? Cause that starts now. It doesn't start when you're, when you're 75, it yep. starts now. And it's, you know, it's, it's creating these good habits and, and, you know, taking care of your body year after year after year so that when you get to be that age, you're, you're still kicking, yep. you know, and there, there's a, a stat out there that I always, I always, I always tell my mom about this because my mom is, uh, she, she's, she's super hyper aware of her, her diet. She's done so great with nutrition, but when it comes to exercise, she's gotten better, but there's still some more that she could be doing in terms of resistance training, things like that. Yeah. So I was telling about knee extensor strength is directly correlated to life expectancy. Now, not to say that like people with strong knee extensors, like knee, having a strong knee extensor 
makes you live longer, but there's a correlation there. Like, you know, people who have stronger quadricep muscles live longer. So like, you know, it makes sense to be strong and be active because it will help you live a longer life. Yep. (laughs) yeah and quality you know quality of life because we can still still be alive and you know if you're not enjoying life if it's not fulfilling it's like what's the point yeah what's the point now one thing i will have to say though uh about georgetown basketball i am a diehard diehard saint john's basketball fan i'm from new york originally i grew up on long island and i am a diehard saint john's basketball fan which is which is just like one of the saddest statements you could possibly say because in my 20 plus years of being a fan, yeah. they have been awful. <laughs> <laughs> they have just been miserable. And for whatever reason, I, I became a fan probably about like late 90s when they had Ron Artest on their team. And I have just been hooked ever since. I, in, and I think it's because I'm like a glut for punishment or something like that. Because I, I like watch them year in, year out. Yeah. You know, they come down and play Georgetown and I watch them and they're just, they're just not good. <laughs> I will say two years ago, I was at the game at uh, Capital One when yeah. uh, Georgetown was up late in the game and St. John's came back and won. Yeah. And that was, that was one of the, that was, that was the, be- the best for me. Yes, yeah. it, it was, it was the best for me. And yeah. it was in my 20, I'm trying to think, I guess like 21 years of being a fan now. Wow. That was the second time that I've seen them win a game in person. <laughs> <laughs> good feeling. It was a good feeling. It was a great feeling. And, and my, my girlfriend is finishing up her master's degree from Georgetown. Oh, nice. And she, I think just, she, 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 she claims to be a Georgetown fan, but I think she does it just to like rub it in my face. <laughs> so I have to deal with that at home now on a regular basis. And <laughs> And so when that game happened and, and St. John's won, that was a, uh, that was a, that was a great moment in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now let's talk about, you know, we're talking a little bit more about, uh, you know, in terms of investing in our healthcare, massage therapy, you know, it doesn't have to be reactive, you know, yes. it can be proactive too. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, how many of your people, you know, do you work with that are more reactive versus how many are more proactive? Mine is more proactive. Um, I would say 80%. Yeah. 80%. I would say it's proactive. I'm more on the preventative um, side of things. I do have um, a small portion of like where they've injured um, all those kind of clients. I like to team up. So if they're not already seeing a PT or a chiropractor, I kind of recommend that. Um, yeah, so I, I, the smaller portion is more of the injury um, or pain, a lot of pain, um, you know, uh, the lowest quality of life. So I kind of like to team up with other professions to, to help them uh, regain or recover. Um, but I think I'm more on the... Uh, the side. Now, do people seek you out proactively or do they come to you with like a lower back injury and then it turns into a reactive issue or it turns into a proactive issue? I, yes, that, that definitely when, when someone recommends them is because they held it off for so long um, that it's mostly from a workout. So the clients that I see, it's mostly like someone rec- re- recommends them to me 
it's uh, they probably work out together. They kind of held it out for so long. And then it's like a low back issue. Then, you know, then they come and then it becomes more maintenance with them. But yeah, I do. I, there is a, that portion of, uh, of uh, recovery too. Of when they come to me more for pain management. Now, do you, do you have a discussion with them in terms of, Hey, like this is, you know, a long-term thing versus a, just a short-term kind of fix? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I explained to them in the beginning of like, um, you know, how consistent they have to come to me. Like, you know, if it's once a week, they probably have to do that for a couple of, uh, like, let's say a month. Right. Um, and then I will run down, like, you know, it's, it's a teamwork. So when I give you exercises or when I recommend this thing for you, you would have to do it. I, I, I honestly tell them it's not about, for me, it's not about the money. Like no. when they come to me, I want, I'm going to give you a hundred percent of me. So if you go home and you don't do the things I tell you to do, then like this, this will take longer. Like, you, the, yeah. Yeah, there's no point. So what's the point? I could I could tell you, yeah, keep coming to me, keep coming to me. It's good for business for me. But I, I my whole objective is is like there's a problem, I want to fix it. Can we fix it together? You know, yep. that's my perspective. Team um, team so, approach. Yeah. Team approach. Because yeah. I think people a lot of times when they have you know when they've suffered with pain for years, it can feel like they're out on an island kind of by yeah. themselves. And they've probably gone to provider after provider. PT, Cairo, MD, yeah. you know, and, and massage therapist. And, and then they're, they're kind of out there on an Island. And then it's like, we, we're in this together. And I think exactly. that, that really changes the mindset for a lot of people versus yeah. like you, 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 or me, me, me. It's, yeah. it's, uh, we, we're in this together. Cause I think there's like, you don't want to focus on like dependent because you don't want to create the dependency mindset where it's like, I'm fixing exactly. you. But yeah. at the same time though, it's, Hey, I'm going to help you do this. The way, the way I think about it is you've seen Star Wars, right? Yeah. So like I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi and they're Luke Skywalker. Like I'll give them the tools. Yes. But ultimately they got to do the work because if they're not going to do the work, whether that's, you know, exercises, whether that's getting good night's sleep, whether it's meditating, uh, you know, whatever it might be like, you know, if they're not doing the work, then they're not going to get the results they want. Exactly. Exactly. And that's definitely what I tell them too is, is, um, uh, you know, the dependency thing, like, you know, I put them on a plan and I tell them, you're going to use me less. And then it's going to be all you at one point in the beginning, it's going to be almost like a 50, 50. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, but towards the end, once it's more maintenance, I want you to use me less. And, you know, like the body is theirs. Like, like they don't need anything else. If you are aware of what's going on and what kind of pain it is, where it's coming, what triggered it, if you, you have that knowledge, because when they come in, I have to ask them questions to get it from them. Yeah. So everything is within the body and within the mind. So I think on my part is making them aware and empowering them and actually like they're able to accomplish this, but I'm yeah. there to kind of like assist. Cause I think it's that like fixer mindset where it's like, I'm fixing you, I'm fixing you. And I think yeah. that's, you know, definitely ego on the, the, the provider side where they're like, Oh, my magic hands are going to fix you. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This, this might, you know, help you get started, but ultimately it's going to be you who's doing the work here to, to get better. And, and I think, you know, that like fixer, you know, mindset, it creates this dependency model where it seems like, you know, you need me to, 
set your pelvis or cup you or yeah. dry needle or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. And, and then, you know, what happens is you're like, Oh, I have to go get needled or, Oh, I'm, I'm out of place and I have to go get adjusted. And it's like, no, no, you don't. And cause otherwise what happens is they, they end up, you know, the, the chiropractor or the PT or whoever it is, massage therapist moves, then it's like, Oh shit, what do you I know? do now? <laughs> and then they're SOL and, and they're like, Oh, I'm screwed. Or, or, you know, maybe the, their, their person is, is booked and they yeah. can't get in. And then they're just resigned to, you know, whatever, or maybe even worse, they have like an acute flare, but their back pain and they're laying on their bathroom floor. And it's like, Oh, I really wish I could get dry needled right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. Everyone is laid, laid down on their bathroom floor with acute back pain going, oh, man, I could use some needles in my back. No, <laughs> that's why we give you exercises. That's why, you know, we, we coach you through these things and have dialogues with you on how to manage your symptoms so yeah. that if these flare-ups do happen, you're like, okay, I know what I can do to get through this. I'm going to go back and see Cirque again and, you know, I'm going to get myself right and, and keep going on versus, yeah, like, oh, I can't do anything. I need to go. Uh, uh, uh. And it's like, you know, creates this chronic pain cycle. Yeah. And, and I think it feeds into, you know, kind of where we're all, where we are as a country with regards to like opioids, right. And like chronic yeah. pain and, and, you know, we have a major chronic pain issue in our country right now. We have a major opioid issue. I mean, they're, 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 very tied closely together. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, things like exercise, things like, you know, hands-on therapy, you know, probably don't get enough attention yeah. in, in, in the big picture when it comes to, you know, alternative, uh, I wouldn't even call us alternative, you know, modalities, alternative treatments, but just yeah. things that aren't, you know, right from a physician's, you know, uh, textbook, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that uh, you know we get the chance to play a a role that that doesn't. Uh, I think we don't get enough. I think we don't get enough attention. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, because I think the problem also is uh, we're not patient. You know, we want we want things done fast. We want to get healed quick. Uh, we want the easy way out. So we're all guilty of that. But it's like making people aware especially when it comes to your body and recovery and healing, like it's going to take time. And so you might as well just enjoy that process, mm -hmm. be more aware, know about yourself, know how the mind is connected to the body. Like just enjoy the process of, of um, the healing process. Now, how do you explain that to your clients in terms of it's a process, there's ups and downs. What, what do you, what do you say to them? Um, I just flat out tell them like, <laughs> to be honest with you, like, you know, this is going to be um, basically a process and um, they're, they're exactly what you said, like it's going to be up and down. Um, but if you have, I make myself available even outside of the office. So if they have any questions or um, like any concerns, they're able to reach out to me. But I tell them it's more of a team approach. It's going to take time. Um, but when they, I think majority of them, when they come, they kind of have, they know this. They know this. So I think it's just confirming that for them. But I think everybody's aware that, um, that we, you know, we have to be more patient with ourselves and that healing recovery does take time. So I think when you hear from a profession professional, then you kind of accept it even more because you're getting a confirmation as a client um, and, and you guys are on the same page. I think that's another thing. Because if a client comes to me and we're not on the same page, 
of like if they think they're gonna get well after one treatment and i'm t- and my thing is it's maybe gonna take a month or two months right then you know that's the worst uh, situation but i think in the beginning i i make sure that i tell them and then after the session i kind of re- you know uh repeat what we just talked about and make sure that they understand like this is a process so i think it's a before and after and i think after also they kind of understand once the treatment happens because the best thing about massages you the client gets the relief right away or they know if there is something like a trigger point or something like that they feel it so they know i'm not making things up like this actually is a trigger point or there's a tight area or you're feeling pain. So the symptom kind of aligns with what I'm saying. Like when I say it takes time, it's yeah. a process, it, they, it kind of, they understand it because they felt it. Right. I think it's one of the things where you can walk out of massage feeling really great. Yeah. And then, you know, whether it's, you know, later the day, later that day or the next morning, you wake up and you're like, oh, there's my shoulder pain again. <laughs> and, and so I think, yeah, it's like that setting expectations, you yeah. know, pre-framing yeah. things ahead of time. It's like, all right, we, you know, typically, you know, with, with back pain, you know, it takes about this many visits for you to start to feel better, you know, or, or something yeah. like that. And like, yeah. giving the idea like, Hey, like, I wish I could fix you or, or you know, I, I mean, I wish I could fix you or, or I wish, you know, you could get better and, you know, it, and that's my now, goal. That's you know, I, could, goal. I could snap my fingers, but yeah. unfortunately it's just not how it works. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, all right. So we got a few more questions here for you. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's the last book you read? Oh my goodness. Um, I think it was, I forgot the title, something about a habit. <laughs> Atomic habits? No, it's, uh, how did, basically it's like how, um, uh, we, uh, we create habits and okay. how, how habits are created and okay. how to break it. It's like a well, yellow cover book. I, I don't I, I don't have it in my mind but I cannot I cannot remember, remember all right, you, the title you can send it to it's me about a habit book all right habits all right habits. uh what's the last tv show you watched the office the office there I, you was go. A, I was a latecomer I've never seen the office oh my god till COVID happens no and, way uh, no we had to shut down so I watched the entire <laughs> oh my god yes so and and it's the best TV show that's it's ever been. I was like, how come, where, where have I been? I missed out. <laughs> yes. But and, I watched the entire thing. And it was A plus? A plus. I would I mean, watch it's, it again. It's, it's one of the best. I, it's one of those shows that's always just been circulating on my Netflix for years. Yeah. And I mean, I have like a different connection to it because I went to school there. Yeah. And I was there while it was like you know, going on. And everything. I mean, they didn't film yeah. it in Brenton, But some of the, a lot of the places they mentioned were actually uh, there, or actually there in real life. Wow. You know, like Alfredo's Pizza, um, Poor Richard's, the, the 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 bar they always go to. Like those yeah. are real places. Yeah. And uh, I love that show. Uh, yes, and then uh, by the time I finished the show, I wanted more, so I started researching about where they are now. Like I would oh. go on Google and like. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, well, what's his name? John Krasinski so has turned into like a major star, and Michael yeah. S- Michael Scott or Steve Carell is uh, you know he's, yeah. he's amazing. Correct. Yeah. What's the What's the best thing that uh, has happened to you in the last seven days? The last seven days. Yes, last week. Wow. Um, One good thing. Mm. 
don't know. I guess Maybe one good thing. There is can't, can't you can't say this podcast. You can't say this podcast. I know. <laughs> no, I, I it is. You you reaching out to me. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> we'll all right. That all right. Last question. What uh you know, you're uh you know, you grew up here, you you've been here for, for years. Yeah. What's one thing in the, the DMV area that you think everybody should experience once? Um go to Ethiopian restaurant if you haven't. Oh yes. We're like, you know, we dominate the DMV area and it's I have clients that come in and they're like, I've either they don't they've never heard of Ethiopia, but um if you live in the DMV area, it's you know, it's one that's that's one of those it's one of those things that's unique about the dmv area is the ethiopian food here yeah bomb um i can't think the the place on h street um, on h street i can't think of the name of it Um, oh i think i know we're talking about is it the one with the coffee well there there's a there's the ethiopian coffee shop too but there's another restaurant um that uh oh ethiopic I'm being told oh, from my my sources yeah, are yeah. my sources are texting me. Ethiopic, <laughs> nice. Ethiopic is is the place. And uh, my girlfriend used to live there on H Street, and okay. we used to go there. That place was great. But then there was that little coffee shop, the Ethiopian coffee shop, which was really good, also. Yeah, on H. Yeah. Um, so yes, go support the Ethiopian restaurant yeah. world. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite Ethiopian restaurant? I no, I don't have a favorite just because I get it home. Like my mom cooks, so, so you don't you don't go out to eat. I don't go out to eat much, but I do still go go out to eat. Well, I meant like I mean, you don't go out to eat Ethiopian food. No, I, I still do, but okay. majority of um, where I get the Ethiopian food is from home because it's, it's from, from your mom. Home. Do you make Do you make it yourself? No, I don't. <laughs> Sadly, no, <laughs> I don't. God, all right. Well, Zerki, uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, we will definitely be talking soon. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.